Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nest Tsunami podcast. Today, we are offering three conversations from episode 45, our interview with Tel Aviv Medical Center Head of Gastroenterology and Hepatology, Oren Shibalet. Plus, from the fall, our conversation earlier this year with Ukraine Director of Health Alliances, Tatiana Deshko, and Patty Liver Alliance President Mike Patel. This conversation starts with Professor Shibalet talking about his career history and shifts to discuss his experiences on October 7th, the day that Hamas terrorists murdered 1,400 Israelis, over 1,000 of whom were civilians, including many young and the elderly, even including babies. It's sobering to hear and to understand the impact it had on life during the day and in the aftermath. We all spend most of our lives in steatotic liver disease, an intellectually stimulating, pristine environment, but sometimes the outside world intrudes suddenly, glaringly, in a big way. This interview describes how that process has affected a major Israeli hospital and more broadly the people of Israel. It struck a chord with me, might do so with you, so just sit back, listen, learn, feel it. And when you're done, join the dialogue in our LinkedIn discussion. When the events of October 7 happened, I reached out to our friend and past guest, Shirazel Rasagi, to ask if there was a appropriate health professional who we could bring on and talk a little bit about what that day and the subsequent events meant in Israel and for health professionals. She was good enough to put me in touch with uh, Professor Oren Shibalet, who is the head of gastroenterology and hepatology yep. at Tel Aviv Medical Center. And Professor Shibalet was good enough to do this interview today. Professor Shalom, how are you this morning? I'm this afternoon, okay. I guess, in Israel. Oren Shibalet. Yeah, we just had an air raid siren about uh, 20 minutes ago, so we're still recovering a little bit. How often does that happen this week? Uh, it depends where you live in Israel. So in, in Tel Aviv, it happens about five times a day that uh, we get air raid sirens and we have to run to protected areas within the institute. Uh, if you get caught outside, like I was caught about uh, four days ago, you just have to lie next to a concrete uh, wall or next to some shelter, cover your head and wait for about 10 minutes. And usually you hear the internet Interceptors of the Iron Dome above you. It's it's a pretty scary experience. What can I say? You just said, actually. So thank <laughs> you for that. And let me note to people who are listening to this interview that there's a possibility, obviously, that we will be interrupted because of Professor Shearlight here's an area siren. That will be the end of this interview, at least for now, until we get a chance to schedule the rest of it. So under these circumstances and the stresses of the medical system this week in Israel, thank you so much for making time to talk with me today. Just to start, please tell us a little bit about your work, how you came to be interested in gastroenterology, hepatitis what you came to medicine to do, and how you came to the position that you hold today. I'm six years old, and uh, I have two sons. Finishing After I finished my army service, I uh, went to med school in uh, Jerusalem, in the Hebrew University. And graduating med school, I went to do internal medicine also in Jerusalem. And my head of department was uh, the famous Danny Rachmilevitz, which is a, an IBD doctor, and he got me into gastro and hepatology. And when I finished my internal medicine, I went to do a gastroenterology. Then I met uh, Professor Danny which is also a very famous hepatologist, and he got me interested in hepatology. And the rest is history. I finished that. I went in 2004, I went to Boston to MGH, where I did my postdoc in molecular biology and toll-like receptor signaling. And coming back to Israel, I went back to Hadassah. But in 2011, I was recruited to Tel Aviv Medical Center as the head of the liver unit. And in 2016, I became the head of the whole gastro complex, which is a pretty large department. We have over 
over 120 people with about 35 doctors, 30 nurses, a lot of research staff. And I had this very well-organized and, and, you know, sophisticated and, and very dedicated team. I have my own lab here in liver disease. I do a lot of drug-induced liver injury, fatty liver, together with Shira for the last approximately 15 years. And uh, a lot of uh, cholestatic liver diseases, PSC and PBC. I'm part of the International PSC Study Group. I'm on the editorial board of the ESL Studios, and I've been involved in ESL for a long, long time. So that's that. I'm still an active physician. I have my clinics three or four times a week. I do procedures. A doctor. Okay, a doctor and a guy who runs a significant department. All good. So uh, a nuance that people don't know about Israel might not understand. So if you have two sons, are they called up to military right now? So both of them are in the Navy. My oldest son is actually now in reserve service in the Navy. The younger one, during his medical service, encountered a medical problem. He's not in the reserves anymore. So luckily for me, my younger boy is currently at home. He's uh, studying in the Hebrew University uh, to become a, a, a computer engineer, but there are no studies now. And the older one is actually in the northern part of Israel on active uh, reserve duty. And then just one other point while we were setting this interview, it's good you were able to, you commented that you had originally been scheduled to be in the southern part of Israel today and that that appointment was canceled or changed. But when you go to the southern part right now, is that part of your work as a physician or supporting the health of the people who've been affected there or what is that? No, about? there is, like anywhere in the world, there is a shortage of pathology doctors, liver doctors, and there is a hospital in the southern part of Israel. It's called Barzila. It's actually in Ashkelon, about 15 kilometers from the border, actually a little less from the border with the Gaza Strip, and they don't have a liver doctor. So because we have a large liver unit, we actually offered them services, and we've been going there for the last four or five years. So every Thursday, one of the guys, including me, go down there, and we see liver liver patients in their clinic, and we just support them. And of course, this is now has been postponed the last two weeks because they are under heavy, heavy shelling and they have all ambulatory services put on hold and they're only treating emergency cases. They received approximately 800 wounded and they're uh, more or less overwhelmed with injuries and stuff like that. So gastro and hepatology take a second seat. We don't go there. One more question before we start on the narrative, which is today in Tel Aviv, are you seeing patients who were affected by the invasion or is that treatment mostly localized to the south? My hospital, Tel Aviv Medical Center, got about 250 wounded. We had more than 3,000 wounded. The, the two hospitals that took the biggest burden were Soroka, which is the biggest hospital in the southern part of Israel, in Beersheba. They treated over a thousand patients. And Barzilai, which I mentioned, which took another thousand. And the rest were divided among other hospitals in Israel. They were flown here by helicopters. We have, of course, a helipad on, on the roof. And we got about 200-something patients, out of which about 50 are still hospitalized. We have approximately 12 critically injured soldiers and civilians that are still hospitalized hospitalized here in very, very difficult shape. Uh, luckily for us, we weren't needed here in Tel Aviv, but actually because of the lack of physicians in Barzilai, my guys went down there to do two ERCPs on two critically injured patients that had uh, massive injuries in the bile ducts and in the pancreas. So a nurse and the head of the endoscopy unit went there, treated these two guys and came back. But overall here, we personally did not take care of any wounded civilians or soldiers, which most of the injuries are orthopedics or surgical, and we weren't needed. So actually, the hospital is being set up 
for escalation. And we are moving many of our departments to an underground hospital, an emergency hospital that we have here. So our work now is mostly helping the hospital with giving residents and fellows to the internal medicine wards and to the surgical wards. So they take care of patients that are not going to go down to the emergency hospital. But gastro-wise, we have about uh, 50% reduction in our uh, activity and we're doing much less endoscopies, colonoscopies, and clinics now than we did before. Although, because of the corona, the pandemic, we are very, very used to doing telemedicine, so we're doing that. And also, because of uh, the the way my unit is built, it's uh, actually well protected, so we are still doing colonoscopies, endoscopies, ERCPs, etc. So, tell me a little bit about your day on October 7th. So, it was a Saturday, so we were all, all at home, and actually, the air raid siren woke up up around 6, 6.30, which was you know, it was a big surprise. And waking up, I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. My partner didn't wake up. I told her, you know, wake up, let's go to the to the protected area. And she said, no, no, it must be a mistake. But of course, I turned the television on and we started getting reports that something very, very massive was going on in the southern part of Israel. And then towards nine-ish, right, 30 or so. It turned out to be, you know, the reports were already pouring from the field that there, there were horrendous casualties. And uh, of course, we called the hospital. We were put on hold. We have emergency posts. Each one in Israel has an emergency post in, in the hospital. We were on the emergency post calls, but I wasn't needed in the hospital, so I didn't actually go. All the surgical staff, orthopedic staff, and of course, intensive care unit, the ER, everything came in, but we didn't. And so the first time I went to the hospital, was on Sunday, which is a working day for us. But all day long, we were glued to the television with horrendous reports. And, you know, the casualty numbers, it was horrible to see because it was starting 100, 200, 300, 400. And, and the nightmare in the in the big party in the southern part of Israel was unraveling. And they were saying that there are hundreds of young kids' casualties. It, it was really, really a shocking day for all of us. Sunday, we went to the hospital. And then I was because I'm senior management I was involved in multiple meetings about setting of the hospital, what needs to be done, all the protected areas, mapping them out, mapping the people that need to be called to reserve service. So we currently have five people that were called off to reserve service and they're not here. And we, the, the education system, the schooling, everything stopped. So actually we have problems with mothers that have kids and fathers that are on reserve calls. So this uh, interrupted our workflow a little bit, but the, the unbelievable thing is everybody's volunteering, everybody's pitching in, and we actually do not have currently a shortage of gastro doctors, and we're doing okay. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've benefited from this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the contents of the conversation or any entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation, or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week discussing the liver risk score and some news about our ASLD coverage next month. Until then, stay safe, survive. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.